here and be glad. Amen. Oh, come, man, come. Come and magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, man. I'll tell you what, there's just something about praising God in that right way, man, in that true way, in that honest way. Just simply, just simply lifting up the name of the Lord, amen. There's just something about it, man, that no matter how crazy things are in life, no matter how confusing things are getting in the world, man, and no matter how just unsettling some situations are in your life, that that praising him, man, just kind of centers us, right? Just praising him. It's something about praising. It almost seems kind of senseless, all right, until you truly praise him. Until you, you truly and genuinely and honestly praise the only one who is worthy of praise. And it's in those moments, it's in that place that you know that you are right where you're supposed to be mentally, spiritually, all right, physically and emotionally. You are right where you are created to be when you are in, when you are in that praise, amen? amen? Come on, man, your amens are getting a little tired, amen? amen. Woo, amen, praise the Lord, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. David said that, 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 thing I came out here with. He said that in Psalms 34, 1, that's what he said. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. All the time, man. I'm going to bless the Lord. His praise is continually going to be in my mouth. And my soul will make its boast in the Lord and let the humble, let the ones that ain't all prideful, let the ones who are ready to hear, let the hurting, let, let, let the outcast, let the one that says, man, I got nowhere to look but up. They will hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and I'll magnify him with you, amen? amen? And we'll exalt the name of the Lord together. We'll exalt his name together, amen? What's really, really crazy is David wrote that, King David, all right, in the scriptures. He wrote that, and he didn't write it after he was anointed to be king. He didn't write it after he killed Goliath with a rock. That's not when he wrote that song. He didn't write it when he was, uh, you know, when, when he got to marry the king's daughter. He didn't write that song. He didn't even write it when he had this new pad, all right, in the palace. He didn't write it then. He didn't even write it when he went out into war and slain 10,000 Philistines. He didn't even write it then. You know when he wrote it, man? He wrote this psalm, that exuberant praise, that magnify the Lord. I'm going to bless him at all times. He wrote that after King Saul tried to kill him twice. He wrote it when he was on the run for his life. He wrote it, man, when he was try- after he-, he was trying to hide in enemy territory from the king and his army. They were after him. He was all by himself. He wrote that exuberant praise. Well, he was on the run, man. He couldn't go back to the palace. He couldn't go back to his wife. He couldn't go back to his house there. He, he couldn't even go back to his father's house. He couldn't even go back and be among his own countrymen. The only place he had to go was a cave. And on his way to the cave, that was his jam. He cranked it and just was right on, man. That was his jam, all by himself, just singing that praise. That's when he cried out this praise, man. It's pretty crazy, huh? If that was us, how many of us, instead of saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, how many of us would have been saying, I will question the Lord's presence at all times because nothing ever goes right for me. 
How many of us would have been singing that song? How did he do that, man? How did he praise the Lord like that? How did he, you know, when everything, that, that, that was just, there was like seemingly no life left for his life. How did he handle it like that? I want to challenge you to a thought today, all right? And it's simply this, thankfulness and praise, all right, bring life to a life that otherwise seems lifeless. Thankfulness and praise brings life, brings life, man, to a life that otherwise seems like it's just lifeless, like it's just mundane, like nothing's just really happening. And they're like, bam, I'm getting hit here. Bam, I'm getting hit here. Thankfulness and praise, regardless of the situation, brings life to a life that otherwise seems lifeless. We are, as a church, been going through the book of Luke, right? And it was a, it's, in a, it's in a gospel according to Luke, a guy that wrote this gospel um, about Jesus Christ. It's about the life of Christ. And we've been watching Christ and learning from Christ and learning from the people around him and the different people that were challenged by him and the people that were with him. And so we catch up to him in, uh, in, in, this, in, this, in, in Luke chapter 17. We're in verse 11 through 19, all right? Uh, and he's traveling with his boys, right? And a bunch of other you know, men and women disciples that are just following him everywhere he goes. And it says in, in, you know, in, in Luke 17, yeah, you know, he, we catch up with him as he's on his way to Jerusalem, all right? Um, but before that, I just want to pray. Okay, well, hey, wait, welcome to the church, amen? Woo, how's it going, man? Right on, praise the Lord. All right, cool. I want to welcome everybody watching online. Here, a big shout out to the leaders over there, Jessica and uh, Zach, man, tearing it up out there. All right, praise the Lord, man. Welcome them. Everybody else watching online. We got Eden, man. She is such a leader. Keep leading, kid. Over there on the East Coast, leading her family right over here. Here, man, boom. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Everybody else watching online, welcome. Praise the Lord, all right? <laughs> Get in, man, because you already fit in, all right? Right? Tell them they fit in, right? Praise the Lord, all right? <laughs> and so uh, we'll, we'll begin here in Luke 17, 11. So, Father, we praise you. <sighs> so exciting, Lord God. So exciting, Lord God, just to praise you. Just to truly, man, just to truly praise you, God. It's just, it's just so exciting, Father. There, it really is, Lord, and you know, you know, sometimes we feel like we sometimes have to fake our way into praising you, God, but when we truly do get there, Lord, it's just a, such an amazing place to be, to just recognize that we're praising a God, the creator of the universe, who loves us, gave his, his son for us, Lord God, for, so that we could be with you forever, Lord, that's such an amazing thing, and we're just going to praise you and just lift you up, and we're just so thankful in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. 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 Man, he's just, I could, we could just do that, right? Just sit and just keep praising him. I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing anyways, but, you know, we'll go ahead and go through his word too because I think we're supposed to do that. So Luke 17, verse 11. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, all right, and since, since chapter 9, Jesus has been heading towards Jerusalem. He's been kind of taking his time uh, getting there, uh, you know, because we've been there for a few months, all right, and we've been kind of taking our time watching him get there because we've been here for a few months, right, with him, all right. It says he's on his way to Jerusalem. He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. He's going in between these two communities that do not like each other, all right? All right they're kind of, there's a big prejudice going on right there. And as he is entering the village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. 
All right, and it's, it's worth kind of just taking a little bit of time reminding ourselves of what is a leper. All right, sometimes people would get these tripped out skin diseases and stuff like that, and the people in the neighborhood would start freaking out because they didn't want to get it on them and stuff, and so they'd tell them they have to go and see the priest, and the priest would examine them, all right, you know, and then you know, decide whether or not this is something that need, where they needed to leave town. You need to get away from people because you're going to start getting everybody contaminated. All right, the priests would have freaked out in COVID-19, right? They'd have tripped out on all that, all right? So, but but, but they, they, they'd get these guys, right? And they'd say, okay, they had literally a community outside of town where they had to stay, all right? Anyone suspected, all right, they'd go to the priest. The priest would, would say, yeah, you got this, this stuff, man, and it's a very contagious disease and it kills you. And some of it gets so bad that actually body parts start to fall off and rot and deteriorate, all right? And so they were literally outcasts. And they had, they had to own this new title. They had a new title in life, and it was simply this, unclean. And everywhere they went, man, they would have to let everybody know. If, and if they, went, they weren't really allowed to go many places, but if they went outside that camp, they had to shout, unclean, unclean. All right? It was such, a, you know, just a, just a crazy disease that they weren't allowed to be within six feet of people who didn't have it, even their own family. And there was a law that they put in place that, that if the wind was, if it was a windy day, you couldn't be near 150 feet of people because that wind, you know, it's going to get on you. And they had to live in a community that was outside of town that was only for lepers. And they'd have to stay there until they either got better or they died. And most of them just died there. And so these guys, these are the guys who, saw Jesus coming up. How'd they hear about him? All right? Jesus is just that, you know, he's just that hardcore. You know what I mean? Everybody knows what's up. And these guys see him. And it says in verse 13, they lifted up their voices. All right? They shouted out. They didn't keep quiet. You know, too many times I think we're just quiet about our craziness and stuff that's going on in life when God's like, just lift it up, man. They lifted up their voices and they're saying, Jesus, they knew exactly who he was. Master, they knew exactly what he was about. All right, have mercy on us. They knew exactly what he could do. They knew to speak up, man, and they, they knew who they were speaking to. All right, they knew how to properly address him and that he was the only one who could help. And they reached out. What's keeping you from crying out to God? What's keeping you from asking for, for help, man? I got this, I got this, you know what? You know what I mean? I, can, I, was, I learned this way. I just gotta hammer through this. God's saying, man, I'm your hammer. Bring it over here. Bring it over here. Debbie and I, man, we were in uh, Ocean Beach and we are in San Diego doing some running around. And uh, we're down, just kind of walking the strip there, man. This dude's walking down. And man, my wife, man, she immediately just has a heart you know, for the hurting, man. It just blows me away. I'm looking over. She's got a tear, man. She's looking at this guy just going, digging in trash cans. And I thought, well, okay. And I got to listen to her little radar, man, because sometimes she's, she just knows more than I do, all right? Because I'm just looking for a taco place, man. You know what I mean? And I'm not kidding. <laughs> Look at this one. All right? And I see her. Look at this guy. And I, you know what? I should probably go talk to him. And I just asked him, I said, hey, bro, what you looking for? Right? He's looking in the trash can. He's a younger guy, maybe in his 20s. And he says, uh, his name was Wyatt. Pray for Wyatt. He said, I'm looking for money. I said, but you ain't going to find no money in the trash can, dude. What's the matter with you? 
what you looking for, man? And we kind of went, you know, cigarettes. And I kind of said, I said, check it out, man. I'll go buy you a pack of cigarettes. We smoke. I said, camels. I said, all right. So we went in the store right there. There's a store right there, a little store. We went in there and bought some cigarettes for him, some water and some food and stuff like that. You know, and he just looked at us like, what the heck? Why are you guys doing this? And later on, we were talking and uh, we're just kind of just asking him his story and stuff. And my wife, man, she's boom. She says, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying for you, man. And, 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 and he looks at her and he goes, yeah, he's going to have to catch me first. And we said, well, he, he, he just did. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he just did, bro. <laughs> I mean, when you know, you just know. You know what I mean? You just know him. Praise the Lord. Amen. It says when, when, when he saw them, look at here, man. Look what Jesus, man, this is crazy. Ah, you need to get some water. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, you know, they're, they're crying out for help. And when, he, and when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were, they were cleansed from this disease. See, Jesus, he heard them speaking. He saw them. He knew exactly what's going on in their life. And he heard them cry out for help. And what's crazy is he, he doesn't heal them right there on the spot. Like you see, it. there's another case where he actually touches a leper. Everybody's freaking out, all right? They're just tripping that that guy's even in the room, all right? And Jesus touches him. They're like, oh my gosh, man. They didn't even have hand sanitizer. Nothing back then like that, right? Antibacterial soap, nothing. And then he's like, and then he touches the dude and he heals them right there. These guys right here, there's 10 of them right there. And he just tells them, he just, he just tells them, go. Go and show yourself to the priest. Now, what, what that means is like, you know, if you went out and you were, you were declared, you know, uh, unclean by the priest, all right, if you were healed, you had to go to the priest so they can examine you again and see, you know, if you're clean. And then you can basically go back and just resume your position or, or renew or just take on a position in, in, in society and stuff like that. And so they told him, he told him, go, go and show yourself to the priest. And these guys weren't healed yet. I mean, they're still all soared up and crazy. You know, like, like, and, and, and he doesn't, and they're, they're like, okay. And they go. He, he told them to act like they were healed. This is crazy. Now, too many people get this stuff twisted. Right away, they just say, well, your faith, you don't have enough faith. That's why you're not healed. No, man, if God told you you're healed, then you, then you believe that healing. If he hasn't told you you're healed, then you just trust him anyways. Right? But he told these guys, go and show yourselves to the priests. It's another way of saying, man, you're watch. Between here and there, it's going to get crazy and you're going to love it. All right? He told them to act as though they were healed. That's like telling a guy who's, who's crippled, all right, who's never walked in his life to get up. And as he starts to get up, things start just snapping together. And next thing you know, he's standing up. Right? That actually happened in Acts chapter four. You should check it out. It's pretty cool. But what we see right here is, is he tells them to go in faith. And that faith requires obedience. 
All right. When God speaks or leads us from his word, we need to follow through with that obedience. Do you understand what I'm saying? When, hey, this is why it's so important for you to just be so in love with the word of God. You need to be so in love, man, and just so, just, just, just caught up in the word of God because that is how God is speaking to you. The Bible is the only book in the world that's gonna read you right back. And that's how God speaks to us. Yes, he speaks through his spirit. Would he speak audibly? I think he can, but be careful, all right? You know what I mean? But I definitely know he speaks to us through his word. And if you're in his word and God is speaking to you, that's why we're here as a church because we've been led here by the word of God. That's why we started the reason because God led us through the word of God. That's why we're planting different churches in our surrounding communities. God is leading us to do it through his word. The word came first and we followed and said, all right. In 2 Chronicles, there's such one of my favorite stories takes place there. There's a cat, he's the king, Jehoshaphat. I would have been real mad at my parents, man. Just call me Jess, Jess, just call me Jess. All right, Jehoshaphat. I don't know what's up. You know what I mean? Jehoshaphat, right? He was the king of Judah and, you know, he was right there in Jerusalem. And somebody came and told him, man, you are surrounded. We're surrounded. This, this country, this country, this country. All these kids are surrounded. They're getting ready to just take us out. It's crazy. And he already didn't do, all right, uh, get the armies or put the, close the walls or he didn't, none of that. Immediately he turned to God and he said, God, you are the almighty. You, I exalt you. He praised God. He worshiped God. You know, he reminded himself of everything God has done up to that point. And he gave thanks for that and praised him. And then he said, look, man, these guys are surrounding us and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's what he said. We don't know what to do. You ever been in that place where I just don't know what to do? You ever told God that? God, I don't know what to do. But did you keep your eyes on God? Did you keep looking for God? Did you keep seeing what he's going to do? Did you open his word and keep your eyes right up in his word? So this dude said, man, we're hard. we don't know what to do. And they just, they just started worshiping. And here's what God said. God come up and said, look, man, check this out. Yeah, you're surrounded and these guys are pretty tough but I want you to go out there. I want you to go out there and I want you to, to meet them in battle. But don't be tripping because this is how God talks, you know, back in the day. He said, don't be tripping because the battle is mine. He said, this battle is my fight. You won't have to fight, but I want you to go out there. I want you to stand on that battle line. I want you to hold your position and I want you, you know, just look your enemy in the eye. And he says, but do not worry because the battle is mine. This is Second Chronicles chapter 20. You need to check this out. He said, don't worry because the battle's mine. And you know what they did when they heard that word from God? They worshiped, they praised him and they thanked him. And then they went out to the battle line and they came out there and they lined up, all right? And you had all these warriors, man, they're just standing there and the, fa and the families and the people are behind them. And you know what they did? <laughs> they called the worship team, come on up. And the worship team went out front. The worship team, did you hear what I just said? The worship team, all right, didn't have any weapons. <laughs> all right. They went out there, praised the, the Lord. They worshiped and praised God, and God confused the enemy. You think? <laughs> right? <laughs> confused the enemy to where they started beating themselves up. 
my message, you need to check it out. But the point is, God sent them out there to the battle line and said, just watch the salvation of the Lord. Why do you think we, we begin these, these, these Sunday services and end and, and close out the services with, with just praise and worship? This is why it's so important to get here when it starts and leave here after it's over. <laughs> right? <sighs> right? <laughs> you're awesome. You know, like, man, you're like, Ding. I'm going to be a little late. All right, well. <clears throat> but that's what they did. And so he sent them away. And it says that as they went, they were healed. As they obeyed, they were healed. As they acted on their faith, they were healed. Ten dudes, totally healed. Well, not totally. Actually healed, but not completely healed. Watch. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. All right? And it's nine dudes. I mean, 10 dudes. One of them, all right? Then one of them, when he saw, like, what? What? You know what I'm talking about? What? I mean, he, he, he saw that he was healed. I mean, when you look down and you see that, what do you do at that point? He saw that he was healed, man. He turned back. These guys kept going. He turned back. Ah, man, you know what? And he went. Turned back to Christ. Praising God with a loud voice. At that point of our healing, whatever capacity, we have a choice. We have a choice. All right? And the choice is to take the money and run. All right? Or turn back and bless the one who blessed you. All right, but the problem with taking the money and running is the money always runs out, right? It's like, it's like you're walking with, with nine other dudes, all right, and, or nine other women, whatever the case, put yourself in the position. And all of a sudden you see that you're healed and that you are no longer controlled by your past. Somebody's listening, are you listening? When you recognize, wait a second, something is different. I don't have that, 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 that desire, that call, that ugh, whatever it was, that anger, that, 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 that control. I don't have it no more. And you're no longer controlled by what used to be your story. It's that moment when, when, that, that brings the promise of a different day ahead. And nine dudes, man, they just kept on going. Woohoo! But not this dude. He stops. He looks back. He knows that there's a bigger purpose to his healing than just being healed. Is somebody hearing me today? There's a bigger purpose to your healing than just being healed. There's a bigger story that's coming from this healing than you just being healed. There's a bigger uh, uh, movement in the world now, all right, than you just being a healed person in that world now. There's a, there's a, there's a whole, there, God has changed your life to change the world, amen? amen? 
Praise the Lord, man. Come on, man. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. And he goes and he lays down his life. Lays down the life that God just gave him back. And even better. He goes before God and he lays it down. Because he somehow inside him, he knew that thankfulness and praise is actually going to bring life to a life that other words that otherwise might seem lifeless or even, like I said, mundane or just kind of routine or like, what in the world's going on here? Questionable and even confusing. This is what takes place when you trust the finished work of Jesus Christ. Right? Well, how many times, man, do people come out of the baptism waters like these nine dudes and just bolt later? Woo, yeah. Next thing you know, you're hearing that. Yeah, I remember I got baptized that one time. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I got the fire insurance. Right? In case it gets crazy, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe I better get a cross necklace or something. I don't know. T-shirt, something. Right? It's crazy how people will use their healing in Christ to pursue a better life. <laughs> Jesus didn't die just so you could have a better life. <laughs> Get along more in society. Have better neighbors. You know what I mean? It's not why he died. People use their healing to pursue a better life when God wants to heal your life to pursue his life. To pursue his glory. To pursue his purpose. It's to change the world, man. But you can only realize this by praise. And I'm talking not, you know, not just, I'm talking about raw, uncivilized, untamed praise. I'm, pray, I'm talking about crazy, mad. I'm just going to shout from the rooftops. Did you hear? Did you hear? Man, I'm just tripping. I, just, I know me. What the heck? Loud. This continual thanksgiving and praise. As soon as this guy realized that God freed him, he turned back, went to God, praised God with a loud voice. Praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo, that's what I'm talking about. Man, in, in, in 19, uh, what the heck, it was a 1900 and something. I was alive, all right? Um, <laughs> Uh, 1996, I walked into a church with my family. I just was feeling like that. I just like, <sighs> and every time the preacher would open up the Bible and start talking, I was like, <gasps> it was like fresh water just being poured all over me. I was just like, yeah. Plus we were in Tucson. It was crazy hot outside. I was like, yeah, man, right there. And they would tell me, man, because I'd always be all like, come on, let's go, let's go. Did you hear what he just said? We need to go and do something about this. And people would literally tell me, I couldn't believe this, would literally tell me, you know what? You'll calm down. It's that new believer. They, they had a word for it, new believer syndrome. <laughs> new believers, you'll calm down. I'm like, I don't want to calm down. What are you talking about? I don't ever want to calm down. That was 28 years ago. I still ain't calmed down. I hope they're watching right now, right? We, ain't, we, we can't calm down. You don't calm down over this. This is him. I don't know if God ever tells us to calm down when we're praising him. 
calm down. I think he tells us to check and make sure you're really doing it. All right, because you're running up and down the aisles going, maybe, maybe not, right? (laughs) This dude went back to praise him, and yet he still had huge problems, but he still went to praise him. But he still had unsolved problems. He, you know, he, he, he was healed of leprosy, but he'd been living as an outcast for who knows how long. All right, he had no family that was ready to just take him in. He had no job. He had no home, no village. All right, yet he was praising God in the midst of all of his unsolved problems. Can we do that? Can we do that, man? Let me ask you this. Okay, this is, okay, let me ask you this crazy question, man. What, what, what has God healed you from that you're not thanking him for daily? What has God healed you from that you're not thanking him for daily? Daily praise. His praise will continually be in my mouth. How many of you are daily thinking, man, I cannot believe this. This is so unreal. I mean, just, just a while back, man, this, like, this, this was not even a hope in my life. Just a while back, man, there was no, there was, there was no I had no future. I remember as, you know, when I was talking to somebody back in the day, I, I literally thought, I won't see 35. I don't think I'll see 35. Ah, and didn't really care. But this is unreal. I mean, he paid the price for your sin and my sin. He paved a way by his blood, with his blood, he paved the way for us to be with him in eternity. That's a big deal. (laughs) Right? That's huge. All right, my past no longer controls my state, my days ahead, man. We get to join the creator of the universe and his redemptive work in the world today. All right, how can we not turn to him every day and praise him with a loud voice? Praise the Lord. And he fell at his feet. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner, man. He was, he, was, he was one of the ones that the Jews had problems with because they were prejudiced, all right? But this guy just didn't care about those prejudices. He came to Jesus' feet, fell on him, gave him thanks because he knew exactly who he was. He didn't just pray and just walk away. He didn't focus on the bigger things ahead and the opportunities before him and start to minimize God because now he's got this you know, healed life and he's gonna knock this out. No, nah, man. Overwhelmed by his grace. All right, overwhelmed by his grace. Jesus didn't have to do that. Overjoyed by his goodness, his love, his care. And thankful to be seen by God. How amazing is it to know that God sees you right now and he loves you anyways? (laughs) That's pretty crazy. He fell on his face before God and he thanked God. This is where you hear from God. People always say, how do you hear from God? When you can literally fall on your face before Jesus like this, all right? And, and this reckless abandonment of self. 
this honest praise that you don't control. You don't control the praise. You allow the praise to control you. Maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know, what, like, what, what, what do you have to be thankful for that you can praise him in right now? Sometimes we have a hard time thinking about what these things, like what do we have to actually be thankful for? I don't know about you, man, but, but in my story, I, right, by 1995, I had lost everybody and everything. I've lost everybody, my family, my kids, all right? My wife, my, 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 all my possessions, everything I had, my respect from anybody, I've lost it all. It was gone. When I came to Christ, the only thing I had in my property, all right, was a T-shirt, Levi's, and a pair of boots. That's all I had. And then I was saved by the blood of the Lamb. My life was saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and then I have, and, and, and I can say, that day and today, I have this vibrant relationship with the creator of the universe. I have an amazing oneness with the love of my life. All right? Renewed relationships with all of our five kids. I have eight of the most coolest grandkids on the planet. All right? I have an amazing church that is planting amazing churches. All right? An amazing expression of our faith called the recenter right down the road. All right? Helping people recenter their lives. And have the opportunity to walk alongside some of the most amazing, coolest people on the face of the earth. And I got new Levi's. All right, so add all that up and subtract the t-shirt and the jeans and the Levi's I started with. That's it, we got a lot, I got a lot to be thankful for. And you're like, well, that's your story. My story's different. I don't know that it is. Let me tell you that, that my thankfulness, all right, and praise begin, all right, when I had nothing but Jesus. And I'll tell you, man, you may have everything in the world that you could ever want, but if you have, don't have Jesus, you have nothing. And when you give your life to Christ, you still have nothing but him. And then everything is his. Come on, man. That's where thankfulness begins, and that's where it is still. And I think that's the common ground for every one of us here. And you're like, I know some of you are like, how do I get back there? How do I make that happen? Imagine his feet. This dude fell at his feet. There's so many times forever I have been praying. Since the day I gave my life to Christ, I, am, I would literally get on my knees and I would imagine his feet right there and I would just hold on to his feet. Just this last Thursday, I'm praying with some of our local pastors, all right? And I'm wondering like, how in the world that these guys were pastors before I showed up here 20 years ago, all right? And, 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 they, and, I, and they've been like, they believed in me and, and been helping me and loving me along this way. And I'm like, why do I get to be here? It's because of those feet, because of his feet. And I was praying with him just this last Thursday and I'm on the ground where we're all praying. I just felt I had to get on my ground on the ground and just and just get there at his feet. And I imagined the scars and the feet. And I just it was kind of weird, man. It's uncivilized, it's untamed. It's crazy, crazy praise. But I literally started kissing his feet. Imagine his feet. What does it look like for you to get to those feet? It says that he fell at his feet, man. He started praising him, thanking him. 
That's what we hear from God. Praising him at his feet with a thankful heart, knowing that he's not concerned with your background or anything else, just your trust, your faith. And Jesus answered, he said, we're not 10 cleansed, we're the other nine. Was not no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? I wonder how many times he asked that on Monday of us. Where are they at? <laughs> I don't think he expects you to come back here. All right, that'd be cool. I'll show up if you do, or I'll be here. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. But I mean, I just think he's like, where are you at with that praise and that thankfulness on Monday and on Tuesday? Maybe even today. Let me ask you another crazy question. Is God still waiting for you to show up even though you're already here? Verse 19, he says, and he said to them, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You're like, wait, I thought he was made well. No, he was just healed of an infirmity. His faith made him well before God. Difference. Just healed of an infirmity, but faith being made well before God is a whole different story. It's a whole different story. This is actually a promise. In Psalms 50, verse 23, says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Did you see that? The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. And to, the one, to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. You can and you should take his word right here. Your faith is what makes you well before God. So here's what I want you to do this week. Really simple. Really simple. I want you to take the next seven days and a response. We're, we're going to spend some time. And this next song, you need to stay here, man. I mean, if you got to go to the bathroom, all right, you know, whatever, all right, the kids are fine, all right, you need to stay here because we, 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 this is still the fight. This is still the battle. But here's what I want you to do this week. For the next week, I want you to pray. All right, you're like, I do pray. I want you to pray only in thanksgiving and praise. Don't ask for a single thing this week. I know, but my kid, I got this, this surgery. I got, you know, blah, blah, blah. you know, whatever the case may be. No, you know, thank him for your kid. Thank him for this, for the situation they're going. Thank him for, for, the, for the presence and the hope that they have. Thank him, all right, for the doctors. Thank him, all right. Whatever the case may be, thank him. Give thanks and give praise for seven days. Don't ask for a single thing. Spend the days thanking him. In a couple of ways, that give thanks for people as well as things in your life. You ever wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep? And you go into this thing they call the chat room, you start having all these different dollars. You know what? Instead, instead, thank God. You're like, thank God for what? Thank you, Lord, that I can't sleep because now I get to talk to you. Give thanks for people as well as things and praise him out loud. Praise him out loud. Praise the Lord, amen. 
Because thankfulness and praise bring life to a life that otherwise seems lifeless. As we sing this song, man, I really want you to, to gather with us. I want you to take a moment to commit what you've heard. God speak to you today through his word, through his Holy Spirit. And say thank you. Just say thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're literally going to sing praise the Lord. Amen. If you need people to pray with you and help you with that, come over here. We'll pray with you. We've got a fence back there you can throw some prayers with. Zach and Jessica, they got, I don't know if they're going to be praying with you. You got people lined up to pray with you, man. Handle it. Pastor Ron out there, handle it. Eden, make sure your family gets down and start praying. You're a leader. Don't forget. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.